Hey everyone, welcome back to the Pretty Much Jesus podcast. Thank you for listening in and I hope you are enjoying it so far. And if you are, please share with a friend. Share the podcast. If there's a particular episode that you think somebody might enjoy, a friend, a coworker, please share this with them through your text, through social media, and I would greatly appreciate that. And hopefully they will too. Well, listen, this episode coming up is a sequel to last week's episode, episode seven, which is called Goat of Goats. So if you haven't checked that one out yet, please go back, check it out, and then you can come back and listen to this one or carry on and do what you want to do. Uh, That being said, enjoy this episode. Once again, thank you for being a part of the podcast. So when I was growing up, my grandparents had a 50-acre farm. And I when I say farm, I'm not talking about like don't get the picture in your mind of Joanna Gaines, you know, that it, it was more like a Bob Ross painting. Um beautiful landscape and the barn is just old wood. It's kind of leaning sideways and the roof is rusty. It was amazing. Okay, what a gift to be a child and grow up on that farm. And in the summer times when my parents were at work and we were not in school, we would stay on the farm with my grandparents. And so every day from 7.30 a.m. to 4, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we were there. Me and my two brothers and my cousin uh, would just roam the land and have a blast and be kids. The only time we came indoors was to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or grab a popsicle. And then we were back out. Like that's it. Uh, it was amazing. It sounds like a fairy tale. Listen, I get it, but it, that was my childhood. Most of my childhood memories come from that farm, which we affectionately called the hill. Cause it was sort of up on a ridge. And so, uh, when you're out all day long in the woods, you you get creative about what you do for fun. And so a few things we would do. Number one, first and foremost, we would get in a couple of games of wiffle ball every day. All right. That's just a necessity. All right. No day was complete without a game of wiffle ball. And then we would head out into the woods and find things to do like um, look for turtles. That's one. We would find turtles all the time and keep them for pets. Uh, we would put bugs in a jar and see if they would fight. And sometimes they would like these little beetle bugs. If you put two together, a lot of times they would fight and then we would, <laughs> we would have a vote about which beetle bugs going to win. And that was a blast. One time we put a spider and a scorpion in a jar and that, that was brutal. That was, I, I'm kind of traumatized by that one, but that was fun. We would do that. Sometimes we would race down the steep ravine on the backside of the property and we would run as fast as we could. And whoever got to the bottom first and in one piece was the winner. So that was one of my all-time favorite games. Sometimes we would take sticks and fight foot soldiers, like from the Ninja Turtle movie. Now, when I say foot soldier, I'm talking about these Actually, there were these weeds, these tall, like six, seven foot tall purple weeds. I don't even know the name of these things, but the stems were thick and purple. So when you would slice them, they 
like splattered purple blood <laughs> everywhere. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But I got to say, one of the things I remember most that we would do out uh, in the woods was that we would hunt for snakes. Now, I'm talking, we're kids, okay? I'm like seven years old, and we're out hunting for snakes. And let me tell you something, folks. Snakes are everywhere, okay? Like, you don't see them. They're good at hiding. They don't like to come out much when people are around. But I'm telling you, they're out there, and I know how to find them. And we would just go in the woods and turn over rocks. We'd go down by the creek. That's where a lot of snakes like to hang out is by water. And you just start turning over rocks. And I'm telling you, you're going to find some. And we would just find them, pull them out, check them out. And, you know, just cool. There's a snake. Let's check it out, whatever. So it's funny, though. When I think about that now, there's, there's no way I would do that now. In fact... I, I don't want to see a snake anymore. <laughs> so it's strange to me. When I look back when I was a kid, there was no fear at all. It was fun. It was like, yeah, let's go do it. Let's see what we can. Oh, a rattlesnake. Cool. You know, but now I'm like, I don't want to even see one. When I go in the woods now, like I, t I took my kids out in the woods uh, yesterday I'm like constantly looking around and like staying away from logs, staying away from rocks because I know they're out there and I don't even want to see one. I don't want to be around one. And if I see it, it freaks me out. And I'm like, what happened to me? <laughs> like I used to be a snake hunter and now I'm running from them. Um, it's the strangest thing. And I, I thought about that and I realized, you know, the older we get, you would think that we would have less fears. Sometimes we have that perception, right? Like the older I get, the less fears I have. Like kids, you know, they're afraid of stuff. But honestly, though, the older we get, the more fears we have. Like when you're a kid, you know, you're, you're scared of the boogeyman or, you know, just these, these little things. And, and adults look at that and they're like, no, that's not a big deal. Like you don't have to be afraid. But man, like when you get to be adult, like it just gets complex. Like, for example, uh, there's this amusement park near where we live. And it's, it's a little quaint, little old timey amusement park. It's really fun. And for the last couple of seasons, we've gotten uh, annual tickets for Christmas. And so it's a blast. We take our kids all the time and just drop in for an hour or two and ride a few rides or whatever. And But I've noticed when I was a kid... I loved the rise. I loved roller coasters. I mean, I didn't think anything about it. I got on. I I had a blast. But now when I ride those same rides, I'm a, I'm a lot more freaked out today than I was then because I know too much. I've seen too much. I start thinking and analyzing these rides like the swings. Okay, y'all know the swings. It's just that round apparatus and the, these little buckets that hang from two chains you just get in there's one little metal bar that slides over your waist and you start going that thing turns and it goes up high and it starts spinning and you're just swinging now when you're a kid you're like this is great but now when i'm on this thing i'm freaking out i'm thinking about okay so what if what if these chains snap all right 
Now, one side of the ride, there's a lake, but the other side is just pavement. So I'm like analyzing this as I'm going around. I'm like, okay, so if it, let's go here. Hopefully my trajectory will send me into the lake. But if it lets go here, I'm going to the pavement, but hey, there's a tree. So maybe I can spread myself out like a squirrel suit and maneuver my way to the tree. I mean, I'm literally thinking about this while I'm on this ride. It's ridiculous. Why? Because adults develop more fears as we age, because the longer you live life, you start seeing the dangers around. Our fears get so deep. Fear of rejection, fear of disappointment, fear of not living up, fear of not getting the job, fear of what if I do get the job, then, then I gotta, you know, perform. And it, it, it's just insane how many fears we have. I couldn't go all night on that. You know, in last week's episode, I read from Matthew chapter 17, there's this insane story where Jesus takes Peter, James, and John's up on the mountaintop and Jesus starts glowing, right? And then Moses and Elijah show up from the dead. Like they come and he's having a conversation with them and he's outshining them. And then they disappear and God speaks from heaven and says about Jesus, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, right? This is unbelievable moment where God is putting his sign of approval publicly and boldly to Peter, James, and John. This is the one. He is the goat, right? Jesus is the fulfiller of the law and the prophets. There's nobody like him. He's the greatest of all time. He's my son, and he has perfectly pleased the Father. Like, he is it. It's this amazing moment in history. But but it's amazing to me what happens next. After the father says about Jesus, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him, right? So he says about Jesus, listen to him. Do you know what the first thing Jesus says after the father says, listen to him? We find this in verse seven. But when Jesus came and touched them, Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. <laughs> okay. God just said, listen to Jesus. And what's the first thing Jesus says to his disciples? Have no fear. And why does he say that? Because they're freaking out. They're terrified. Jesus is glowing. Moses and Elijah, what's going on? And Jesus starts coming over to them. And you wonder, like, what's Jesus going to do? He's, he's far more powerful than we ever imagined he could be. And now he's coming towards us. This is a fearful moment. And Jesus speaks kindly and says, rise, have no fear. I've heard it said before that in the Bible, it says, do not fear 365 times, one for every day of the year. Okay. <laughs> now I've never actually literally counted. Okay. I'm just taking somebody's word for it. Cause I've always heard that. So maybe it's true, but maybe it's almost true. I don't know. But the point is 
God apparently wants to get this message to us loud and clear. Do not fear over and over and over in scripture. And here's the deal. If Jesus, the son of God, the goat, the almighty one, one with the father who made heaven and earth, the glowing one who outshines Moses and Elijah. If he says to you, have no fear, then you have every right not to have fear. If Jesus, the Almighty, is against you, you have every reason to fear. But if Jesus, the Almighty, is for you, you don't have to fear. So when Jesus says to his disciples, have no fear, he's essentially telling them, I'm for you. <laughs> I am the son of God. No one can top me. And I'm for you. So in this season, with heightened anxiety and fear all around, I talked to so many people struggling with this in these days. This is such a powerful reminder for us, and it's, it's a foundation for us to move forward. The fight against fear, is a, it's complex. It's a process. I get it. There's a lot to it, and it's going to be a process. It's going to be a battle. But our foundation, the thing we stand on to move forward with every single morning when we get out of bed is this. Jesus is the goat. He is for me. And he says to me, have no fear. That's a command from him. And if he says that and he is for me, then I have the right to fight fear and I have a right not to fear. Because Jesus has spoken.